Hello, and welcome to the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast, where we talk about the things us divorcees are thinking, but not always talking about, as we turn our divorce into the best gift you've ever been given. And I do so with a little bit of sass and a whole lot of class. I am your host, Wendy Sterling, founder of The Divorce Rehab. I am here to support you in this transition phase of your life so you can start your new best chapter on your own terms. After all, that's what I did after my own divorce. And now it is my mission to change the conversation around divorce and help you see why your divorce, like mine, was the best gift you ever received. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast. How are you today? I am so happy that you guys have tuned in because I am here with my dear friend, Lindsay Ellison. Hello, Lindsay. How are you? Hello, Wendy, and hello to all of your listeners. How are you guys? Amazing to have you here. I am so looking forward to our conversation today, which is going to talk about Lindsay's latest book, which is called Blessings of a Breakup, and how it is that her latest breakup led to a spiritual awakening. So before we dive in, I'm going to share a little bit more with you guys about Lindsay. So Lindsay is a breakup breakthrough coach and founder of Startover Coaching, Inc., a coaching practice dedicated to helping people navigate their divorce or breakup. She is also the author of the best-selling book, Magic Words, How to Get What You Want from a Narcissist, which I recommend to all of my clients, and her latest book, Blessings of a Breakup. You can also find Lindsay on her amazing and popular podcast, Unbreakable You, Breakup Without Being Broken, or on her website, lindsayellison.com. Lindsay, I'm so excited to talk to you today because you and I have known each other for, I want to say, I think it's been two years where you and I, I reached out to you. It was kind of like a fan moment where I (laughs) wanted to talk to you and to meet you because your book really, Magic Words, changed the way in which I was able to communicate with my now ex-husband. And so to have you here today is truly an honor. And I'm really I, I, your story has always been an inspiration to me, and I know that it's going to be a huge inspiration to everybody listening today. So if you would, please share with our audience today your story and how it is that it has really inspired all the work that you have done to where it is that you've gotten today. Yeah. Well, thank you, Wendy. Thanks. What a great cue. Uh, Queuing up for me. So well done. (laughs) You know, I have been a coach, a a life coach, breakup, divorce coach, whatever you name it. I've changed the different kinds of kinds of coaching I've done over the past nine years. I've been doing this. Uh, I got into coaching after kind of like you getting through a divorce and wanting to help others through it. Uh, around that time, I had met my second husband. We were dating. Um, I was just getting this business off and running. And for a long time, uh, I had a very, very happy marriage with him. Long story short, and it's a long story, and we only have X amount of time, uh, <laughs> that the marriage started to really crumble, I'd say, a couple of years ago due to a lot of reasons. And a lot of it is, is personal on his end that I won't share because it's not for me to share. But my dream of having this happy marriage started to crumble. And then around, you know, early 2020, then COVID hits, life just got really shitty, really, really quick. 
and my husband lost his job. Uh, everything was on me. I had to do, you know, my kids aren't in school, uh, stuff going on with my ex. And so suddenly it just felt like the whole world was on me to manage and I wasn't managing myself. And then on top of that, oh, I'm a coach. And so for me, there was this huge cognitive dissonance between what I thought everyone thought of me and what I had to be. And I, my inside world, my internal world, or the world outside of coaching was falling apart. So I also then felt like a fraud as a coach. And I found myself coaching or saying things that I'm like, I'm not doing that. Well, that, that, and I just, I, I felt like a Ponzi, like a scammer. And so then I, I took work, I had to like stop working. So now I have like no income coming in. My husband doesn't have a job. And really within a couple of months, I started to really unravel. And I was, did not know it then, but I was starting to have a kind of a nervous breakdown, shutting down all day, sitting outside, staring out, crying, depressed, everything. And Again, this has never really happened to me. I've had some bad days, but it's never been like day after day after day where everything just felt hopeless. And I really started to think that the world would be better off without me. And I just could manage it. So I was really, you know, I call suicide ideation. I wouldn't say it got to the thoughts yet, but I started to think that it almost wishing to die because I just didn't feel pain anymore. Um, and I had no other way to manage it, nor did they tell anyone about it, uh, about it either because of the shame that I had. So I ended up just checking out and getting myself worked on and fixed. So I went away to a uh, world-renowned mental health, it's, it's rehab, I guess, if you will, but it's, it's, it's more than that. It's really a, a center for childhood trauma and managing all kinds of issues with your life. And that place is called The Meadows, and it was out in Arizona. And it was uh, just the most amazing, intense six weeks of my entire life. And I came out of there a completely different person. And I learned about so much of my own childhood trauma that I really hadn't dealt with. And I learned how much trauma uh, that we experience in our childhood. By the way, I never even, other than my mom dying when I was young, when I was six in a car accident, right? That's traumatic. I thought that was really the only traumatic thing that happened in my life. Oh, there was a lot more after that. And trauma can be so nuanced. And I had to unpackage it and unpackage a lot of pain, which really was what was happening is 2020, COVID and all of that stuff. It was re-triggering some really bad events that I hadn't dealt with. And that's what I learned about codependency is that it really is like a disease and you have to manage it and you can't be cured of it. And I really thought I was, I knew I was codependent. Um, but the codependency kind of when, when shit starts to hit the fan, we lose our defenses and all the things that we learned about. And my codependency was basically trying to take care of everybody else, but me. And I broke and I couldn't take it. So ultimately I got out of there uh, had an amazing life altering shift. Uh, and I came home and I realized you know, my marriage just wasn't going to work at that point. And it really was like a square peg in a round hole. I had, we talked about this before we hit the record button, but I had never broken up with someone that I still loved and cared about. I always would break up with someone when I was so done and, you know, angry and disgusted with them or whatever. 
But I had to break up with him to take care of myself because he wasn't taking care of himself. And I knew I would be triggered going back into those old patterns that I just couldn't do. So breaking up with him, uh, which was a year ago, resulted in a massive amount of grief and loss over that marriage and over that relationship. And I really still loved and cared for him. And I now I'm alone. So I spent from like November through almost February, end of February, early March in utter grief, just waking up every day crying. I mean, every little thing, you know, commercials, songs would come up, you know, it just, it's that classic breakup grieving that I had experienced in a really long time. And in doing so, there was nothing that was taking away my pain. I could there wasn't enough therapy. There wasn't enough to be talking to my girlfriends. There wasn't enough wine. There was just nothing for me to, to do with it. So all I started doing was just praying. I had to, and, and, you know, uh, love addiction, which I think is what was going on. I had a co-addictive relationship with my husband is really seen as we have to think of it as, as an, as an addiction. So I was really going through withdrawal and, mm-hmm. and I knew this. Uh, but just like with any addiction, we make something our higher power. And I see this with my clients all the time. And I think with women, we, we are actually culturally rewarded to make men our higher power. So that's what I really realized is my higher power was gone. He did not live here anymore. And I felt utterly broken and lost. And that's where I recognized I have to go find the higher power within. So that's really where my grieving started to shift into diving in and connecting with this thing called God. And I always like to footnote that I could never even say the G word, right? I'm not a holy roller. I'm not born again. Um, I don't even like organized religion. And if you, any of you do great, but that was like how I was, but I found through, I had a choice. I could sit and cry over my higher power that's gone, or I can take this energy and find the voice within. And so that's what I would do. I'd spend my mornings just meditating and listening to a voice that was calming and reassuring and not mine. And then I would listen for it. And then I would just literally, I had my phone and I just started on my notes pages, just write a note to myself. And, and I, it, it was the most loving, reassuring, um, sane voice. And I realized, okay, that's gotta be God. Cause it's not me. And so that's how I started writing. And then I would write, I would write it and then I would read it. And I'm like, there's no way I freaking wrote that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like it it was just the, so that's when I knew it actually wasn't me. And And we all have it within us. We all have this guiding, loving voice. I, I believe that God is in all of us. Our creator is of all of us. We are, we are here. Um, and, and I also felt as though the message I kept getting is my will for you, God's will for me and for you is to be happy. And you are not choosing that. Um, so certainly over time, uh, I started writing the stuff and by March, like suddenly I like all of my pain just disappeared. I, I felt healed in a way. I mean, just, I was no longer grieving and the, the lack of uh, pain started going away faster. The more I started doing this work. 
Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, I looked at, I now had pages and pages and pages of these things called what I just, the word that came up was blessings. There's a lesson and a blessing or a blessing and a lesson behind each one of these things. So I decided to just clean it up and make a book out of it because what helped me get through some of the hardest, most gut-wrenching, you know, um, pain, I figured I just needed to share it. So I ended up creating this book. Um, You can buy it or you can just opt into my website and you're going to get it daily for free. So each, each one of the lessons. So that's pretty much, I think the story in a nutshell. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm like, I'm literally just here. I'm like, I'm in it, Lindsay. Like it's just so (laughs) captivating. No. And, and you know, what I, what I just heard you say was that you allowed yourself to feel through what was coming up and then you decided to take charge of the process. Right. And so many times people will just sit in that, in that lowness, right. And just assume that at some point, things will magically shift. And you made a decision, you made a choice to, you know, to, to, to shift into, you know, and I love the word blessing, because to me, I always say like, you know, what there's lessons in our mistakes. Right. And I love, I love how you see blessings in those lessons, you know, and I don't think a lot of times we allow ourselves the, the, the quiet to hear that voice. What Mm -hmm. we hear is the louder voice, right. Which tends to be the critic. So how were you able, cause I know a lot of people are like, how do you even like hear that voice? Because all I hear is you're a failure. You're a mistake. You screwed up again. How did you, how were you able to silence the, the critic, right. For you to be able to hear the higher power voice instead. Mm, That's a really, really good question. And it doesn't, happen all the time. So uh, it doesn't happen when you want it to happen. So what I would do is I would just make an, I would ask, I would make a request, I would pray. So I would say, I'm, you know, I would basically pray. So in my blessings, I talk about ego. Ego is that critic. Ego is, ego is the chief operating officer of the belief system of our past. That's the way I like to say how ego. So ego only pulls off of things from the past that happened to you. So you're constantly remembering the past where God and spirit is just right now. Mm -hmm. That's all we have. There's no such thing as yesterday and there's no such thing as tomorrow. Those two things actually do not exist. What exists is right now. So what I would do is then just almost pour my heart out to God, whether I would mostly journaling or I would just speak it out loud. And especially in times of real pain, I mean, I've sworn, I've screamed, God, where the fuck are you? I have literally said that. I don't feel you here. Uh, You've abandoned me. I feel abandoned, you know? And then I remember hearing the voice, are you done? Are you done? Mm -hmm. Right. And, And I'm like, Yes. Okay. Now sit down and breathe. Mm-hmm. So those, those messages are all, I, I find that these holy divine messages are, is just these small and for right now, I don't find that at least God gives me this whole PowerPoint presentation of like, here's how your life is going to be. And here, you know, it's just about now because that's actually all we have. So I would then, so to answer your question, I would pray I would yell, I would just get it out. 
And then I would then put on Pandora. I have a yoga music channel and I would sit and breathe for 10 minutes at least. And sometimes I'm so wired and so angry and so upset that I couldn't even close my eyes, but I would look outside. I would look at something and just think, and I would just allow myself to breathe. And then I would just say, I'm listening. I'm ready to hear it. Show me what you got. And then you really have to almost, so the way, and then I would do this visual is sometimes I would have to take ego. I would picture ego as a, as a shepherd and it's leading the bad thoughts away from me. Right. And then, so ego is going down over the, over there. And I would just allow this light and spirit to come in. And then it was just, then I would start writing dear Lindsay and, and as third person, right. Of just, and, and, it was just the most loving kindness thing that, and it started to really work. So, and the other thing too, is I wanted to say, I knew having come out of treatment for codependency and love addiction um, and codependency is seen as an addiction, right? So for everyone who has never heard of that, I like to say alcoholism, you have a drinking problem, codependency, we have a thinking problem. Right. Right. We can't manage our thoughts because we have had so much trauma and all this other stuff going on and and things that we've learned that is wrong. Right. So I knew that me needing this higher power, like the missing, what is that a perfect setup for is for me to go out and date and find another one. And I knew not to do that. And it sucked. And that's what a lot of people do is they have a breakup and the best way to get over someone is to get under someone. Right. That's what we all say. Yeah. <laughs> I knew, I knew not to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. and I, and I really, really, I said, like, I didn't spend six weeks away from my home and family to do, to, to get into this again. So yeah, that's how I did. It. I hope that explains. Uh, yeah, no, it's so powerful. You know, it's interesting. I started rereading it has been a couple of years, but I started rereading Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. Yeah. And I just got goosebumps. Woo. And I started reading it actually in the audiobook of it when I was driving back from visiting my family up in San Francisco and I'm in LA. And one of like what I'm hearing you say too, and one of the things that came to mind from what I read in the in or listened <laughs> to in the book is that, you know. When, when we spend so much time being preoccupied with our past behaviors or we're thinking too much about the future, it takes us out of the now, right? It takes us out of being present. And so what, what I heard your practice became was really, you know, your negative critic is talking to you about your past, right? And the way that you're rooting yourself in the now is really tapping into your breath and getting present and asking for now, right? Asking to be spoken to in the now. Because, you know, I think what a lot of times that I'm also hearing you say is that so many times our mind gets trapped in that past, right? We trap our mind in the past. I think that's what you mean by like codependency is like an addiction to thinking. So your codependency is keeping your mind trapped in the past, which is keeping you trapped in that time instead of releasing it, right? Telling like, I love the shepherd analogy that 
That is powerful, by the way. You should do something with that if you have okay. it um, I think that's really powerful. But to identify with your mind is to be trapped in time. And when you surrender to your subconscious, which is what I'm hearing you did when you were like, God, I'm ready. Here I am. Talk to me. Talk, you know, what am I supposed to do? Is you really surrender and getting out of your head and allowing the subconscious to connect with the higher power. Yeah. And that's powerful, like super powerful. Have you ever read the book Conversations with God? No, I haven't. So that's an old book. I'd say it's about 15, 20 years old, but it's really, really good. And oh, I forget, Neil Donald Walsh is the author. And he had a very similar journey, but he was homeless. So he gets divorced. He loses his job and he becomes homeless. Can't find work. I don't remember what decade it was, but he was depressed and some one of his friends finally brought him in and he said, stayed on this guy's couch for a while. Um, and it was the same type of thing where he was like asking questions, like, why is this happening to me? And he had a very similar dialogue and it ended up turning into this book called Conversations with God. And, and I remember when it came out, you know, it really got a lot of um, criticism because you're like, well, who are you, God? And, you know, right. but it, it is um, his voice, his higher power and his interpretation and his conversation with his higher power. So anyone can do this. We can all have some kind of conversation with God. It just, we have to kind of let go of the weirdness of it. And, you know, I don't think we have to be reading scripture or going to church to synagogue or whatever, wherever we go to hear it, we can do it at any time. And I think too, the, again, through the recovery work that I have done, and this is what I teach. um, And I have a new course that I built. So while I was doing all this, I built a whole new course uh, called breakup breakthrough. It's a six week online course that gives you a practice of how to manage uh, your thoughts basically and, and through right. the whole breakup. But one of the biggest issues is we all have triggers. So a trigger is going to happen. We might be in the, in our present, but then something happens and we're triggered. And I was telling you before mm-hmm. we got on a song, a song would remind yeah. me of him. I remember Super Bowl was a huge trigger for me because those were, those were some of our funnest days. We loved Super Bowl. Uh, so a song, a text, Something doesn't matter. Right. You go into someplace and you're triggered. You can create what I call a trigger mitigation plan. So when you aren't in the moment of, of being triggered, you know, so you just start coming up with a list. So in that moment of grieving, I knew like I came up with four or five triggers, whether I'm getting externally triggered or internally, meaning I got no plans on Friday. No one's, my phone isn't ringing that's a trigger, right? right? So sometimes it's 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 nothing going on. What is the thought? What are you making up about that? How are you feeling? And what is your typical behavior? And what would you like to do next instead? Right. So I actually had that mapped out pretty well, which helped me recognize that when I would get triggered with a, a wave of grief mm-hmm. or a wave of sadness, I could then observe it and say, okay, wait a minute. This is not my spiritual divine self. This is my ego self. This is, you're getting triggered or memory of the past. And then finding a way to pray through it or to write through it, et cetera. And I swear, you know, I am, uh, I receive my own blessings 
just because, you know, I'm, I opted in myself just to make sure it's always working. Right. Just from a, and sometimes I'll read this stuff, Wendy, and I'm like, I can't believe I wrote that. It's not even me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's it's not it's not fun, Lindsay. Coach, it's it's, You're it's like something the funnel, else, right? You're the conduit, right? You're, re- oops, yes. you're receiving, right? The 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 language that you're transmitting and and putting out, and you're also taking it in at the same time, right? Yeah. And so, um, go ahead. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, did you catch the Adele interview or like uh, with Oprah? Yes. Right. Yes. I'm not a huge fan of her music, but I I wanted to hear anything with any Oprah interview. I'm always all ears. She said something similar. She said, you know, Oprah had asked her, well, where, where do these lyrics come from? And she said, it's not me. She's like, it's not this Adele that you're sitting here talking to. She said, it's something else. It's much bigger. And again, it's the it's something else that gets channeled through her and it, it creates a form of art. So I think that's, we all have that ability in some way. I agree. And I think that we don't afford ourselves the opportunity to listen. I think that we want to be fed what our negative inner voices are telling us because yeah. we think that that is comforting because it's telling us what we believe about ourselves, but at the end of the day, that's, that's not the truth. That is, that is, it's not, that's not the voice that you should be listening to. And, and I totally hear you. I, you know, I, I call myself intuitive. Um, I agree similarly. Like, I think we, I believe that we all have the power, uh, and you can call it intuition. You can call it, you know, you get downloads, you get whatever the language is, but it's in those moments where you get out of your head I'm pointing to my head, like you get out of your head. Right. And you, you go into your heart, what I call right. your heart center. Right. And that's, you connect there instead. And that's where the downloads come. That's where the words that you say, like, and I totally know what you're talking about. Cause even just this morning, I was getting kind of these, I was doing yoga this morning and forcing myself, right. To be in that meditative state, to focus on my breathing. And all of a sudden I was getting into, you know, I was hearing this stuff. And similarly, like I have a note section on my phone too, that I just start writing stuff down that I'm hearing. And so how, how can people better, how can people not, I don't want to say better, but how can, how can people start paying attention to when those moments come? Because as a society, we're so driven to be on autopilot and checking shit off our list 24 seven and like, woohoo, I'm accomplished. I should cross something off my list. When really in reality, it's in those moments of silence where your biggest, you know, your biggest moments, I believe really happen. So yeah. Is it focusing on your breathing? I know that you talked about, you know, the thought and, you know, having the awareness and, and questioning if it's fact or fiction, et cetera. But like, what else can people do to just like slow the heck down? So one thing I learned at the Meadows is we operate. So, and I can say this to probably the majority, if you've been in a toxic relationship and you're listening to Wendy's podcast or my podcast, you've probably been in a toxic relationship that really burned you. So yeah. I'd say a good majority of us are codependent. So what codependents, we we are really bad at asking for help. So what I learned is there's two operating mindsets um, from someone who is a codependent where we're needy. We need too much. We ask for too much, right? That's our wounded child mm-hmm. or what there there's the adapted adult child, which is 
anti-dependent, I don't need help at all. That's typically where I operate out of. I don't ever need help. So to answer your question, to come out of recovery is the first thing is admitting you can't do it all, admitting that you need help. So that's a, that's, I'd say the number one thing. And to really um, don't fall into, I fell into a place and I was too quiet about it where I didn't let anyone know that I was struggling. I didn't mm-hmm. let anyone, I really, especially being a coach, I really thought I had to be perfect and have my shit together. And I recognized that it's actually better if you tell everyone you don't have your shit together. And that's, it's any coach, it's any guru, it's a mom, you don't tell your kid. you tell your kids, I'm not perfect, right? So it's, Letting others around you, whether it's a coach or a friend saying, you know, I'm not doing that great today, but then also say the same thing to God, say the same thing and just say, I need help. So I think it's the concept of receiving, it's asking. And if you've been abandoned, wounded, neglected as children, we knew never to ask for help because we'd get in trouble or something bad would happen. So if I actually think it's quite simple to tune in. Is just to say, I don't have all the answers. Mm. Ask to remove it. I mean, literally, God, please remove this pain. Does it happen instantly? No. But I find that it happens much quicker if you ask than if you don't. And, and or I'll say, I'm ready to hear you tell me a different way of doing things. How else can I look at this? Help me see this from your eyes, God, I will ask. And then I would. I mean, I really do believe it is that ask and you shall receive, but it is the asking part is, I think, kind of the biggest thing. And it's, 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 it's easy, but it's not easy, but it right. can be done. Yes. And it doesn't always, it's not always instant gratification, which is what I think causes us to pull ourselves out of listening because it's not now, right? Yeah. But trusting that it will come and having the patience to wait for it to be delivered. Um, I think that's one of the things that I've learned the most about um, about downloads or you know however you want to call I call them downloads. Like I they come at times that I'm not expecting. And it's when I get out of my head and I tap in like I just let my subconscious have like have some breath. Right. Yeah. And so I hope that everybody listening hears that, right. You can't, we're also control a type personalities, right. It's like, I want it now. I want it now. I want, you know, like we keep saying like the only time that exists is the now. Yes. And it doesn't mean that you get everything right when you want it. Right. Like there's divine, divine timing exists for a reason. Right. Yeah. I also want to just tell everyone, there's a lot of science behind the, the various brain waves that are happening. So when you're getting out of bed, you've got the Delta, I think, you know, I, I, please don't quote me on the alt, it's alpha beta delta waves, but I believe you're getting out of delta. And when the first 30 minutes that you're up, your brain activity hasn't gotten into that alpha, which is high activity, which prevents you that high. It's just to-do lists, answering emails. When you start to get into more alpha thinking, it's actually harder to channel in some quieter thoughts. So I 
really create a, a pretty, pretty strict practice. I don't watch the news anymore. I used to turn on the TV right away, make coffee and watch the news. I allow myself to sit at least just for 10 minutes while I'm drinking coffee. You don't have to go and meditate. I mean, a lot of people do, but just to allow yourself to think quietly and asking and praying, there's more signs that, that you'll get more of those messages earlier in the morning. Yeah, no. And I totally agree with you. I, you know, I I'm a theta healer, so I go oh, into there you that. Go. Yeah. So I yeah. go into the theta brainwave state, which is meditation and hypnosis state. And that's where I go when I'm receiving. And I use that work with my clients as well when I do theta healing. And it is so powerful. Like if you just like even picking up your phone, it's not just turning on the news. It's like going to your freaking Facebook feed guys. OM to the G. Like I, I have stopped doing it. I'm like, I, I just, if my kids need something, if there's a text message, that's all I'll do. Like I won't get into Facebook until I'm sitting at my desk because I just, I can't let myself go there. Cause it's like, okay, what crappy thing happened today? That's going to set me off or what's going to piss me off or, you know, so, and I love, I love that practice. I, you know, I, I preach to have a morning ritual, which allows you to kind of be in that silence in the morning and to let yourself have some quiet time. And, you know, for me, I'm all about exercise and it looks different every single day. I read every morning. Sometimes it's a page or two, sometimes it's 10 pages until I really like, I let myself be, and I enrich this before I allow the outside world (laughs) into my world, you know? (laughs) And that's the thing I, I, I set my blessings up for you to get for no matter what time your zone you're in, you will get them at eight o'clock in the morning or six o'clock, something like that. So you'll, you'll get them right in your inbox. So if, and, and it's just a little short read with a little affirmation of the day. So that could at least help start I mean, trying to say, don't check your email, but at least check your email for that. <laughs> Just look for Lindsay Ellison's blessings, yeah. you know, exactly. so blessings of a breakup, like the one, you know, if I can read today's that I got, I'm on day. What am I on? This is day 12. I'm on day 12 of your email list. But you know, the thing that you, the, you have it italicized at the bottom to me. That's like your prayer. That's the prayer you're giving me for today. It says today I have nothing to fear. There is nothing to ever fear because I am always supported by God, universe, Holy Mm -hmm. spirit, whatever speaks to the audience. But Lindsay is, she uses God, which is beautiful. And, you know, that was something I needed to hear today for me. So, you know, Lindsay, I love and adore you. I, I love this work that you're doing. It is so inspirational. Everybody tuning in, you need to go to lindsayellison.com and Lindsay spells her name S-E-Y and it's <laughs> Ellison, E-L-L-I-S-O-N.com and sign up. These like they're short and sweet and super easy to read. They're less than, I mean, a minute, a minute and a half to, to read and to really soak in. It starts your day out beautifully. And and you, you can know. purchase the whole thing. If you don't want to wait all these days and you want to read more, you can purchase an ebook on my site. I think it's 10 bucks, something like that. Um, so if you want to get all of it at once, you can do that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's beautiful. It's inspirational. Um, Lindsay, thank you for doing the work that you do for being authentic and transparent and letting us all have permission to just be ourselves. And I mean, honestly, like we all have bad days, guys, you're not by yourself. The difference is, is that, you know, we, we take the time and we learn uh, the tools and the 
the blessing of you to me, Lindsay, is that you pass that along and you give that gift to the world. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. How else can people get a hold of you? I just want to repeat again, like how else can people connect with you? Uh, definitely find me on my Instagram. I'm most active there. So Lindsay underscore Ellison. And of course, my website, lindsayellison.com. And then there's my podcast, which you mentioned, uh, Unbreakable You. The opt-in for my website, I've simplified my website. It's just super, super easy. So hopefully you'll get it. Um, I also should mention that my blessings is for, um, I mean, I created two versions, one for love interest of men and one for love interest of women. Uh, so if there are any men out there, women, anyways, same sex partnerships, I, I was really, really making sure I wanted to have that pronoun accurately fitting um, the reader. So you can choose um, which fits you the best. Amazing. Lindsay, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. So good seeing you. You too. And everybody tuning in today. Oh my gosh, what an incredible episode. I would love to hear your feedback. You know that I'm always open to hearing what it was that landed for you guys. What was your aha moment? What was something that you learned today? Please feel free to reach out, Wendy at wendysterling.net. And with every episode, my goal is to provide you guys with at least one nugget of information for you to navigate wherever it is that you are in your divorce process. Thank you for listening and for tuning in today. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day. Sending you all tons of love, light, and joy as always. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this episode with someone you know or spread the word on social media. This is how I reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support they need to create their next best life. And I would also love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab, and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time. 